Well, good morning, church. My name is Anna, and it is so great to be with all of you this morning on your screens. Today marks an exciting day for us as a church because it is our last Sunday exclusively online before many of us have the opportunity to return to our La Vida, Selwyn and Kiwi2 campuses next Sunday. And I know I won't be the only one who is incredibly thankful for these past few weeks or months, however long it's been, of getting to engage with church online. No individual and no area of society has been able to avoid the effects of COVID. And I am so thankful for the church in every season, but especially this one. It has been such a source of encouragement, connection and faith in a season that has been long, difficult and isolating for many. And as we look ahead to next Sunday, as we have the opportunity to come back into our church buildings, there will be mixed feelings. Some of you are really going to miss having that coffee in front of you during church or getting to stay in your pajamas or being able to gather with your life group with an abundance of snacks. For some of you, you will be feeling so ready to walk through those doors next week and reconnect with our church family. And others will still be feeling a bit apprehensive about the whole thing, and that's okay too. We have been the church scattered, and soon we will be the church gathered again. And although things may look a little bit different yet again, they are also still the same. We are still Life Church, gathered or scattered. We have the same heart, the same mission, the same people, the same worship. We serve the same God. Whether we see each other once a week or go months without, we are still the same. And today I want to speak about the church, not just us as Life Church, but the church as a group of people who love Jesus and recognize him as our Lord and Savior who died on the cross for us for you and for me. This morning, I want to talk about the purpose of the church, the power of the church, and the place of the church. My own story with church begins when I was 12 years old, when I first came along to Life Church with a good friend who brought me along with her and her family. I didn't grow up attending church. I knew just a little bit about God, but church and Christianity were not a part of my life at that point. I was interested and I was also doubtful about its relevance to me. But despite my initial hesitations, my doubts and my fears, I found myself back at church week after week after week. In fact, I'm coming off on 15 years of week after week. Church and youth as well, when I was a teenager, were far more than just a new habit or a new addition to my calendar. Because of that one invitation to church, I found incredible peace in my life. I found transformation, I found hope, I found joy, I found freedom. And most importantly, I found Jesus. I found a relationship with my Saviour and nothing has ever been the same since that moment. And along with all of these wonderful things, I also found myself a part of a church family for the first time. And as I figured out what it looked like to build a relationship with Jesus, I was also figuring out what church was and how it all worked. And that brings me to my first point this morning. 
What is the purpose of the church? And let's be honest, there are many. But for the sake of time this morning, let's focus on three. Evangelism, discipleship, and community. So to start with, evangelism is sharing the good news. It's telling people through personal witness or through preaching what Jesus has done for us. It's sharing the gospel, the good news that Jesus died on a cross for you and for me so that we could have relationship with God, so that we could have eternal life knowing that our salvation is secure through confession of our faith in Jesus. And as followers of Jesus, as his church, we also have the privilege of sharing this good news with other people in our lives. We get to tell other people about who Jesus is, what he has done for us and for them. We get to share with them about the love of God and the salvation that is available to them. And for those that make that decision to follow Jesus, as the church, it is also our purpose to raise disciples. And to think of Jesus' 12 disciples, these were 12 men that gave up everything that they had to follow Jesus. They traveled with him, ate with him, ministered with him and learnt from him for three years. And we may not be able to physically walk with Jesus today, but we can still take up that same call to follow Jesus with everything that we have and live lives that put him at the center of it all and show the world around us who Jesus is. In Matthew 28, Jesus gives his disciples an instruction reading from verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Jesus told his disciples, go and reach anybody and everybody and tell them about who I am. Teach them what it looks like to follow me, baptize them, let them be my disciples. And we still have that same responsibility today. Can I encourage you? If you feel intimidated about going and making disciples in your life, you are the best person for the job. You are the best person for the job. The people that are in your life, the family you are in, the job you have, the connections that you have, none of these are an accident. God has placed you right where you are to make a difference in the lives around you to show love to people, to bless people, to be a loving influence in the lives around you. Discipleship can be natural. It should be natural, in fact. As you continue to build your life upon God, build your relationship with Him, blessing will flow out of that. The Great Commission encompasses both evangelism, therefore go, and discipleship. The final purpose of the church I want to focus on this morning is community. I know that I won't be the only one with this story, 
when I first started coming to Life Church, it wasn't the worship, it wasn't the preaching, it wasn't the kids' program, it wasn't the milkshakes at the cafe. It was the incredible sense of love and acceptance that I felt. From that very first morning, walking through those doors, nobody knew me, but I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel slighted. I felt fully welcome, and I was absolutely blown away by how friendly everybody was. And it was a special moment when I realized that being part of a church meant being part of a family. And here at Life Church, we are from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all ethnicities. We are male, female, young, not so young. But it is our love for God that brings us all together. And in Romans 12, Paul is writing to the Church of Rome. And he paints a beautiful picture of what he wants to see from them as a church, as a group of people in community together. Romans 12, verse 9 to 13. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And I love this passage. I love it because it speaks of genuine, intentional, purposeful love for each other. It speaks of having genuine love and affection, being ready to help and eager to be hospitable. And a great way that we can practically live this out is in our life groups. You physically cannot have every single person in this church around for dinner or regularly pray for them or even know every single person's name. But you can love your life group You can share meals with your life group. You can pray with your life group. You can do life together. We were designed to be in community with each other. We were not designed to live all of this out on our own. And we all have something to offer, every single one of us. Not one of us comes to the table empty-handed. Reading from Romans 12, verse four to eight. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different things for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to be encouraging, sorry, to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, well, that sounds like a lot, evangelize, disciple, and use your gifts to bless other people, then I have some good news for you this morning. You do not have to do this on your own. 
You don't have to do this in your own strength and effort because it's not in our own strength and effort that we can live our lives out as followers of Jesus and live the life that He has called us to live. The power of the church does not come from you and I. It does not come from anything that we could do individually or collectively. The power of the church comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, we can strive all we like, but it is the Holy Spirit's power within us that will lead us, guide us, change us, and ultimately work through us to accomplish the plans and purposes of God. And how do we know this? How do we know that the Holy Spirit is going to come through? How can we have confidence in this? Acts 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? So these verses tell us that one, we receive power when the Holy Spirit is with us. Number two, His power enables us to be witnesses everywhere we go. And three, the Holy Spirit lives within us. That means that we have access to this power when we step out in faith, when we share the gospel, when we encourage, when we bless, when we love other people, the Holy Spirit is with us. We are not doing this on our own and we are not doing this in our own strength. That is what enables us to make a difference. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. And I know I have experienced in my own life again and again it has been the times where I feel like I'm not enough, like I don't have the right words or the right skills or I'm simply not the person for the job, that the Holy Spirit has come and He has given me the right words and He has shown me that I do have the right skills and that I am the right person through the job through the power of His Holy Spirit. He has been enough and He has shown me what He can do. As the church, as God's people, we have truly been given the greatest gift. John 14, verse 16 to 17. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The Holy Spirit was promised to us as followers of Jesus and He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always be within you, by your side, helping you, supporting you and encouraging you to step into all that God has for you. And finally, I want to ask you, what is the place of the church in your life? Where does church fit into your life, into your family's lives? So it can be easy to fall into seeing the church simply as an institution or, or a gathering of people at the same time and place each week. 
But the reality is the church is so much more than that. The church is the bride of Christ, designed by and endorsed by Jesus Christ himself. And the church is made up of people like you and me, imperfect, flawed, broken. But Christ, Christ who is perfect, is the head of the church, his bride. Jesus says in Matthew 16 verse 18, that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's his job. That's good news for us. What's required of you and me is our obedience. It's our willingness to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to his church. It's being available to him and listening for his voice every single day. And I am incredibly thankful that all those years ago, my friend listened to the prompting in her heart to bring me along to church. Jesus was building his church through her relationship with the Holy Spirit, through her willingness to listen, and it changed my life. He wants to build his church through your relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's his job to build And it's our job to bless. It's our job to love, to encourage, to support, to show mercy, to be hospitable to people. The church will never be perfect because we as people will never be perfect. Every single one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. But as believers, through the life and death of Jesus Christ, we have been saved. We have been redeemed. We have been made new. And we get to experience the fullness of God's love and His grace in our lives. We get to live out our lives walking in the freedom that was made available to us. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can have hope of eternity with Him. In the lead up to Jesus' death on the cross, Jesus is gathered with his disciples and he says to them in John 13, verse 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The way that we treat each other, church, the way that we show love to each other, encourage each other, bless each other, show mercy to each other, will show the world that we love and follow Jesus. And it's not church at the centre. It will always be Christ at the centre. But the church, it's his bride. It's his vessel for reaching people, baptising people, discipling people, changing people, raising people. It's where the broken, the lonely, the lost can come and find hope again. It's where people can come and find transformation for their lives. It's where people can come and find a place where they can belong. And I will always love the church. I will always be passionate about the church because I know firsthand what it is like to walk through these doors into this incredible place. Not a perfect place, but a place that loved me and accepted me from the moment I walked through those doors. 
It's a place full of people who love God, who have shown me grace, listened to me, imparted wisdom and prayed for me. And we don't need to pretend here. We don't need to have it all together. We can come just as we are. We can come with all of our failures, all of our sin and mess and brokenness and come into this place and experience the Holy Spirit and worship and listen to God's word. We can be in fellowship with each other. And we can show the people in our lives what is so very special about this place. So can I ask you again, what is the place of the church in your life? Do you see the church as the bride of Christ? Do you see it as God's plan? When it comes to church, are you a consumer or are you a contributor? Are you willing to lay down some of your personal preferences or comforts in order to be a blessing to other people? Do you see yourself as a valuable part of the body? And I believe if we can understand the purpose of the church and the power that God can display through it, through us, then we can know the place that it can hold in our lives. It's a place of value, not because of us or what we can do, but because it's somewhere where people can come and experience the Holy Spirit. It's where we can come together as a church family to love, support, and encourage one another. And most importantly of all, it is where people can come and meet Jesus. And I know that you will agree with me today that the world needs Jesus right now, does it not? It always has and it always will. But these are the days that we have right now. These are the days that God has given us to live out His great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus, we find purpose and we find power. And I hope that when you think about the church, you think about how much value Jesus places in it, in us. Because we, as the church, are simply God's people. We're disciples, we are followers of Jesus. And I know, I wholeheartedly believe that there is so much that God wants to do through you, through me, and through his church. Church, I would love to pray for you this morning. If you could close your eyes wherever you are, and let's just take a moment to pray together. Lord, I thank you so much for your love for your church. I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you gave up your one and only Son so that you could have relationship with us, so that we could be redeemed and we could have hope of eternal life with you. Lord, I pray that we would open our hearts again to the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that we would be believing in this next season as we gather together for greater and greater salvations, more people coming to know You and who You are and experiencing healing and wholeness in their lives. Lord, I thank You for Your church. I thank You, Lord, that it is Your bride, 
It is your plan. It is your purpose. And God, you have brought every single one of us here together to be a part of this church family. Lord, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for your presence with us each and every single day. And Lord, I thank you for the abundant blessing that it is to be a part of this church family. But most of all, God, the abundant blessing that it is to know you as our personal Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, Amen.